So you're admitting it's not superior to consoles then? That's what you're saying. Uh, right no, it, I'm, it's still superior to consoles. <laughs> Why? Because you have to update everything before you can play? I don't have... Well, I guess I have to upgrade my... Update my drivers, but... <laughs> <laughs> updating my drivers... Like, hey, I download a, a 300 megabyte update and like we'll get 60 frames a second on launch day. I can't Which see is more frames. than most. <laughs> I can't. And and with that, let's let's launch into this podcast. Sure. Well, <laughs> welcome everybody to Level Playing Field. This is a bonus news recap episode. I'm your host Andrew Kimball. Joining me today, I have our resident PC expert Joe Summer. Hello. And our resident PC expert Dylan Wren. Hello. <laughs> I was trying to mimic Joe's voice there and didn't oh. do very well. <laughs> yeah, it's more like, hello. I wanted it to sound so like we're Joe both the resident PC like... expert. That doesn't, that's not grammatically driving with me. Grammat- well, the, I don't care what you think, Dylan. What do you think, <laughs> Joe? <laughs> it's going to be very confusing for our, yeah. our audio listeners. They're like, wait, I thought I, mean, I, I'm I, thought I had them figured out. <laughs> Well, if this is confusing to you, email Caleb Van Ice at... (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, we've had a bunch of gaming news happen, and they continue to happen, and will keep on happening, which is good. It's about time that we started getting information, information on the new consoles, information on new games, what we can look forward to. It's been pretty quiet for a while. Uh, We had, since we last did a recap, we've had more IGN Summer of Gaming Expos. We've had, uh, what, PC? The the PC Gamer, PC Gaming Show. I forget exactly how they brand it. We had Guerrilla Collective. um, And just moments before we started recording, moments being hours, (laughs) we had EA Play which is where we're going to start this episode. We're going to kind of run through that. Um, we kind of thought initially that that might be the bulk of this episode because it's kind of, you know, yeah, it's a, it. <laughs> it's a bigger publisher and, you know, theoretically they could have blown it out, given us lots to talk about, but I don't think that was the case. I don't know. What, what did you guys feel about that overall show? They really tried to put a positive spin on the death of origin yeah yes that was the big the big takeaways were that like everything is going to be cross play yeah which i I am a a big fan of because i play with people spread across three platforms Mm -hmm. um so it's nice to like have the ability to play with all of them if i would want to but then also they kept talking about and now like such and such is on steam like Mm -hmm. it was this great thing and yeah, like it's I'm, kind of... I'm happy with that because if I'm being honest, I don't know if I remember my origin password. Um, yeah. But if they were very like upbeat about it and like, hey, this is so great and kind of like brushing under the rug that like they're admitting that origin failed and they're going to have to come back to Steam. Yeah. Well, and it was just kind of like they were saying it as like it was this big deal. And it's like you do realize, EA, that like pretty much every other major game besides your games has come out on on steam right (laughs) like it's not this new thing 
So, yeah, for one, I kind of got the vibe that it was like, okay, Origins dying, uh, and Steam scooped these guys up because they want to compete with Epic. So they're like, mm-hmm. hey, we got some big games on here. Uh, the other thing I noticed, just overall impressions from the show, was, oh, EA, you're finally like listening and reacting and keeping up with the entire rest of the industry. Mm-hmm. Like they were so proud of themselves for crossplay and mentioning that you know their star new Star Wars game, like making it seem like oh this has no microtransactions, guys. You know everything you unlock is in game. And it just seemed like, okay, it was like they finally come around and listen to all the complaining that people have done about them. Mm -hmm. And I get that they're a huge company and they make most of their money off their sports games. So it probably has taken a while to correct their course. But that was just, that was the tone I got from this show. Yeah, it was very pat ourselves on the back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we're doing what we should have done four years ago. Yeah, also like way, way too much talking. Yeah, well, and I think they felt yeah, that, that was sending... the 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 big studios always do this, but that was the big like they try to get some personality to like jazz up the show mm-hmm. and all of that, and it never works. Yeah, like, that that's what I really liked about the Gorilla Collective. Like the Gorilla Collective, they had someone come on for like a minute, and then they basically just rolled trailers for the next hour with now, minimal interruptions. Now, Joe, do you know who was the host for the Gorilla Collective? I'm va- I, he hosted something I watched on Saturday, so like I, I know that he's somebody. But uh, I'm talking Greg. about the guy that like did the intro. Yeah, Greg Miller. Yeah, yeah that was I'm also like the guy aware. hosting EA Play. Yeah, yeah, like vaguely aware of who he is. It was the same exact dude. <laughs> he also hosted <laughs> EA Play last year um, mm-hmm. when they actually did it, you know, live, um, and they actually had an exciting. Star Wars game to show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't his fault. Like it was the script he was given. Like, I don't blame. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, blame him. But yeah, it was just that difference of, and like Ubisoft does the same thing every year when they bring out Aisha Tyler and like, she tries Mm. to like walk in the audience and like get people hyped (laughs) up and it, you just kind of like, can you stop and just show us the trailers, please? Yeah, well, they didn't have any really to show us. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like last year, they had Jedi Fallen Order, which everyone was like super excited to see because, you know, it was the first single player Star Wars game we'd gotten from EA. Uh, it was Respawn doing something other than a shooter. And we everybody wanted to see what is this game. I honestly can't remember anything else they showed last year. So I don't know if this is similar in like scope and scale and i just like if fallen order was just such a juggernaut last year that this seemed really small or if this year really just was pitiful yeah i i yeah i was a little shocked that they showed as little as they did just because it was like we know that we've got consoles launching this year like sony's confirmed like coming this year um they both have yeah and so it's like is ea going to have any like I guess I'm just wondering, like, what are they going to have when these consoles launch besides EA Sports games and the Star Wars Squadron game? Like, basically nothing? Like, 
Yeah, and both of those things you just mentioned are going to be launching on this gen and probably either smart delivering or having a version on next gen. Like they're not next gen titles. Yeah, because they showed like three sort of indie-ish games that Mm -hmm. are coming to next gen, you know, sometime in 2021. Can you call them indie-ish if they're being published by EA? I mean, it's, it's EA's like indie or yeah. I don't know, indie like, like maybe maybe artsy. Art, artistic yeah. yeah one of them Smaller. was uh made by joseph uh was it ferris yeah that that dude is insane uh the yeah. f the oscars guy yeah, uh, he guy. he almost divorced me and joe with his game a way out yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like i i like i'm i'll probably play his game i like yeah. I traditionally enjoy what he does he's like he comes from a kind of movie background says his games have like real like clear direction clear like he's telling a story he he kind of frames them in unique different ways like he did brothers where you Mm -hmm. control the two brothers each with one of the sticks which is a really unique way to play a game you know yeah and so i mean that is on some scale that's exciting but it's not like yeah battlefield or well yeah because that's what i was yeah it wasn't like like i was expecting like a new battlefield, uh, you know, remaster the Mass Effect trilogy. Yeah, that was some, the, something and, to like get the fa- like the fans excited because like you show you show new IPs like these new like I guess small scope originals mm-hmm. and like those those are good and um, people who aren't us probably got more excited about them like we. Yeah, we well, tend to be a little more mainstream focused, but yeah. yeah, there was you know they had the Command and Conquer remaster, which yeah. is it was out already cool, though. But yeah, it's already out, and the Sims Four they came out and we're like, yeah, we don't really have anything to talk about for the Sims, but yeah, here's well, there, the Sims. Yeah. There wasn't even um, like a new expansion announced. Like there was, like I'm looking at our list of stuff, and besides the three little games that they talked about and star wars squadron like there was and they either didn't talk about anything new or they just kind of confirmed like we're working on something but like they showed nothing of it like yeah they basically staked the whole thing on squadrons so let's let's run down let's do a a quick rundown so they started with apex legends yeah which and you know it it's coming to switch and steam and they're finally adding crossplay, which is super cool. Like that's all stuff that is cool. And that seemed like a really strong note to start a show on. Yeah. It is probably one of their biggest games besides like FIFA, but then nothing really seemed to, you know, really surpass that as, but anyways, so I couldn't really tell. Okay. So they, there's a new area cryptos map room. Mm will give players a new look at what motivates crypto there will also be exclusive content and cosmetics that can be earned by completing challenges. So like they are adding a few little tweaks and things here mm-hmm. and there, but overall like yeah. it's not, it's not a new season. It's not a new map. Yeah. Like the season's out already and the map is the same, although it's got some, it, it, it seems like they were kind of shifting more, you know, with this event more towards what Fortnite's been doing where it's, trying to include bits of lore and it's trying to like open up new little areas and stuff, which is cool and all. I mean, I mm-hmm. I really still play apex and but. they said that they returned the game mode armed and dangerous evolved. Mm-hmm. So, I mean that it's cool. And ultimately like 
probably crossplay and it coming to Switch are the the mm-hmm. biggest things for that. Um, then they moved on to The Sims Four, saying yep. that's available on Steam, and that was about yep. it. Yeah, no new expansions or anything. They had Baby Yoda, and they tried to blow it out with this whole thing about like I can live the life I want to live in Sims when the real world is too hard. Yeah. And you know, I, I kind of got like the tone they were going for, but I thought it was kind of, I don't know, maybe it's because everybody like looks at EA so critically, mm-hmm. but like it, every little thing they tried to do to be like touching or sensitive or arti- like everything seemed a little bit too much or a little bit too cliche or a little bit too, yeah, nothing felt r- quite right. If that makes well, sense. Yeah. And, like, that's typical. Thing- like court, like, the problem like corporations want to appear Mm -hmm. you know progressive and with the times and all that but like a lot of it's just kind of lip servicey and yeah well because something that stood out to me and i don't i mean aubrey's not here so we can't ask her and be sure and i'm not going to look it up um so this is truth fact right now (laughs) um but like they they had a few people on there that were talking about like how they could play the Sims and they felt included and like it didn't make them think about their disability or whatever. And it's like, but Sims has no, no, like you can't play as somebody with a disability in the Sims. Like you can't play as somebody who's wheelchair bound or you can't play as somebody who's, you know, missing an arm or something, you know, like there was none of like, I mean, sure you can play as people of different ethnicities in Sims, but like there's no, cultural anything with that you know like it, it kind of seemed weird to me that they were pushing that narrative so hard because it was i mean i i got that they were trying to say like oh sims brings us all together but then i was also mm-hmm. kind of like but really like there's a lot that you like if you're going to try to put sims up on this kind of platform of how oh inclusive it is it's like well you guys really aren't you've had how many expansions and you're not putting stuff like that in you know? right they're still <laughs> like, pretty they're still pretty vanilla yeah so i mean and and you know for what it is it's a video game so whatever but like that just made that whole kind of speech that ea was trying to make there fall flat for me because i was just kind of like you're saying all these things but you're not actually putting them in your games and you know granted there could be technical issues with that but i mean they figured out how to put vampires and magic and baby yoda in the game i mean I feel right, like and, and if you're some resources. if you're going to push a certain message, you want to kind mm-hmm. of be able to back it up. Yeah, it just felt very inauthentic to me. Yeah, so yeah. It's not like uh, Xbox who created an entire controller for people who needed help. So, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, Naughty Dog. I'm I'm downloading The Last of Us Two right now. Probably going to dive into it tomorrow, which will be the probably the day this episode goes live. But. Mm-hmm it's being praised for its accessibility options. Yeah. And that's, it's something that's really cool to see, you know, in games as we move forward is more and more accessibility for people with disabilities, for people with, you know, that struggle physically being able to, to play and enjoy these games and these stories, but also just for people who want to be able to play their way, play with some flexibility. Like if, if a game is too challenging or too scary or whatever, like you, you can kind of, you can tweak specific things without just going to super dumb easy mode or, you know, Mm -hmm. like 
or you know if you want the subtitles to be a certain way certain size you know you, you mm-hmm. want to color code the names of the people who are talking like just having those options is never a bad thing yeah so uh um, you hear that elden ring <laughs> well okay this, <laughs> you should have you should have yeah you left that all that on the field in an episode that's coming out soon <laughs> yeah um then we had joseph ferris himself the f the oscars guy uh he no, announced we skipped a few things. what did yeah. we skip uh there was they talked about ea access is coming to steam so like ea access is kind of ea's game pass sort of thing so if you have ea access then you'll be able to like have kind of a subscription that runs through steam right which is i mean cool I mean, they had to do something because they're shutting down origin basically and then they showed a trailer for command and conquer remastered which is a game that's already out so yeah it's um, interesting i was looking at ign's list and i guess the command and conquer wasn't worth it like i get yeah. that they were only talking about games on here so that's why the like i skipped over yeah. the origin thing but yeah they didn't even have command and conquer which is interesting yeah well and it was like it was the trailer i think that came out for the game like it wasn't even like a i mean i have the i bought the game because it was like 15 dollars on sale um so then command and conquer i played growing up and it's a good remaster i mean it's much better than warcraft 3 so (laughs) but i didn't see that like i was kind of surprised when i saw a trailer for that and there wasn't like a and special dlc or special this or it was just like hey we released this game yeah i was like why did did we need to pad it out so right i don't know and then we got to the Hazelight Studio guy. Yeah. So then Joseph Ferris, um, who is known for uh, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, and A Way Out, mm-hmm. announced a new game. It's a co-op action platformer um, that he said will blow your effing mind away. And it it's called It Takes Two, mm-hmm. which is essentially, I guess, the story of a child whose parents are divorcing and so to deal with that, she creates imaginary versions of them and they have to work together to make it through this like fantastical kind of story. So she like yeah. makes the, she makes like dolls of them essentially. And yeah. then she makes them go through these fantastical worlds or scenarios or whatever, which yeah. I'm sure it's going to be a really heartfelt, really sweet game that probably makes you feel things. Cause that's mm-hmm. kind of his MO. Um, spoilers for brothers which at this point was like a 360 game i think originally like you you play two brothers and you control each of the brothers with the the thumbsticks and he didn't want people to play co-op with you know each holding half a controller or whatever he specifically wanted you to play it by yourself controlling the two brothers well at the end the older brother dies and that just you've played this whole game learning how to use two brothers and both of your thumbs. And then all of a sudden when one of those brothers is dead, obviously the younger brother is sad, but then you as a player are dealing with the loss of that thumb. Like, Mm -hmm. and so he, he like, he tries to evoke those kind of emotional and kind of like make you think, um, a way out, which I won't spoil because it's not quite as old. And yeah. I think people should definitely go play it. It has a similar thing where that game was designed to be co-op. You have to play it co-op mm-hmm. and he, if you buy it, you someone can play with you for free. Like you don't both have to own a yeah. copy of the game. Uh, it's he makes Amy talked about this, but 
the gameplay and the story are tightly linked. Right. It's like he he puts an emphasis that like those things should be in sync and it shouldn't just be some designers go off and like make some game and then they hire a writer to like slap a story on top of it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. So he's he's a crazy dude, but like I I appreciate the games he makes and the message he tries to convey. So that I'll I'll probably end up playing this at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I was getting some very strong like Inside Out vibes from it. Mm -hmm. All about like a child's emotions and Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's probably just going to destroy me whenever I play it. But yeah, uh, then we had Zoink Games announced Lost in Random. Yep, which I don't know. You you two play like D and D and board games and stuff. So what what do you guys think about this one? I mean, it kind of looks like if Tim Burton made a video game. Very Tim Burton. Like I was interested in it. I mean, it seemed they didn't really say a ton about like there's a little girl named Even living in the town of Random, and she finds dice or a dice named Dicey, and <laughs> it seemed like some sort of like action adventure type of game probably heavy puzzles and yeah yeah. it was an appeal to cuteness kind of game yeah i feel like the dice mechanic is going to come into play with like Mm -hmm. a risk and reward factor yeah because they kind of they mentioned something about that in their commentary it's like do you want to play it safe or do you want to roll the dice and you know and so i feel like you know you can probably push your luck in encounters or puzzles or something Mm -hmm. and then if it works out for you based on probably mostly random chance then the rewards are better, but if you play it safe, you know, you don't you mm. miss out on that reward, but you, you know, the risk is a lot smaller kind of thing too. But that's, that's just speculation. Cause we got what we got a little trailer and yeah. we got developers talking about it. Yeah. Like they're, they didn't really show much gameplay. Like they showed her fighting some things, but not like, which I thought was cool. No Cause mechanics really a lot of times in like indie games like this, it's like kind of walking simulator, maybe a little mm-hmm. platforming. This looked to have like a little bit of that kind of classic 3d platformer style combat, like nothing yeah. too in depth, but like, you know, you have your spin attack and your whack mm-hmm. and your jump and stuff. So that was kind of cool, I guess, but very, I, I also got yeah. very Tim Burton vibes. Yeah. This one out of all of them was one that I was like interested in, like out of the three, sort of more indie games that they were like they were pushing very hard to be like hey look we're not just a soulless corporation we let indie studios kind of publish their (laughs) games and we let them kind of just do what they want to do with them and you know it's like that's great ea maybe do that for all your games but well but yeah that one was one that i was kind of interested in not coming till next year but correct me if i'm wrong but um next was the Fortnite Rocket League Rocket League crossover game, yeah, Rocket Arena. Yeah, so uh, this game did absolutely nothing for me. No. What about you guys, Joe? You did excited? Not do anything for me? Nope. Not a little bit excited. So yeah, I yeah. mean, I guess if I was like a thirteen-year-old, fourteen-year-old, and couldn't play Fortnite for some reason and couldn't play like other games like maybe it would be really cool but i mean it was just kind of like a third person arena like the the gameplay itself didn't look interesting to me at all like it was just kind of like you jump around in third person and shoot rockets at each other and you have your character and you level your character oh but wait it's cross play like it 
it seemed yeah. very much like trying to go after that Fortnite market. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't, I mean, if this game costs money, it will be dead on arrival. Yeah. Well, and like, that's, I guess I was just like watching that trailer. I was just like, well, who is the target audience for this? Like, is it hero shooters? Because Overwatch and Paladins do it better. Um, is and it, Apex to a certain extent. Yeah, and Apex. Is it, you know, competitive shooting? Because, like, I'm pretty sure Fortnite and, you know, Apex and all of those that are free to play, you're probably going to cannibalize your audience there. So, like, I, I just, I looked at this and I was like, I mean, congrats on you, EA, for, like, funding this indie developer to put it out there. But... I guess I just look at it and I'm like, who's going to buy this? You know, now maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's a really fun game and you're going to have streamers playing it and all the kids are going to pick it up because they saw their favorite streamer playing it and like, Oh man, it's awesome. But would you have thought that rocket league would be a success just based on like a, a launch trailer? I feel like rocket league does something different enough to, to be interesting. Whereas I didn't see that this one. Yeah. Yeah. Like cars hitting around a giant soccer ball. Like that's different. Especially when, if they like, once you see the, like the way the cars move and like mm-hmm. you're getting way up in the air and like, I don't think you can really pick out another game that does that. Yeah. Like this. You can just look at a rocket league and been like, Oh, well they just ripped off blank. Mm-hmm. But like you look at Rocket Arena and we can find like five examples of like, yep, they copied from that <laughs> game and that game and that game. Right. Yeah. It's like, hey, do you remember that one character from Team Fortress 2 or Quake that could, you know, shoot rockets and jump? <laughs> like, okay. So, I mean, if this is, if that's your game, you know, go for it. But I don't think it did anything for any of us. <laughs> so. Well, let's talk about something that maybe did do something for one of us, because your name right now in our Squadcast session is Vanguard Squadron. Yep. So, unless I miss some other minutia nonsense, I think the next thing that was talked about was the new Star Wars game that Caleb mentioned last time on our news episode being, like, leaked accidentally, or... Yeah, they they announced, or they leaked the name of it, and so we were all like, oh, it's coming... So I'm just going to throw my two cents out there before you get started, because I feel like this is yours and maybe Joe's time to shine. I'm not sure where you feel, how you feel about this, Joe, but um, this has always been my least favorite part of Star Wars. Yeah. I've always been a lightsaber, Jedi, Sith, and then blasters, boots on the ground kind of Star Wars fan. I don't dislike these games, but I like if, if I'm locked in a cockpit for the whole game, it's not necessarily my cup of tea. Mm -hmm. I would prefer to be able to get out and do some other stuff. Um, That being said, you know, it looked pretty cool. Uh, But we're talking about Star Wars. uh, It's just squadrons, right? Yep. So you two tell me, tell me why this game is good or bad. Well, we don't know if it's good or bad. Tell me why you (laughs) haven't come out yet. Tell me why you think it will be good or bad. Here, here's why I am going to buy it on day one. So uh, I'll put it that way. Um, I Is it because of the, of the two words that come before Squadron? Partially, partially. <laughs> but one of the first games, one of the first Star Wars games I ever played was a game called Star Wars X-Wing Alliance. And so it was part of the X-Wing and TIE Fighter series. I had my little, you know, cheap 
flight stick and would, you know, play that on our old computer. And I had a lot of fun with that game. I've always kind of, you know, opposite of Andrew, I've always kind of liked the the dog fighting and space fighting parts of the the Star Wars series. I've always thought those were pretty cool. Even like in episode one with the, you know, Naboo starfighters and stuff. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I mean, those ships um, look kind of cool. Yeah. And so, and I guess growing up to, you know, playing Battlefront and Battlefront 2, like the originals that had like some space combat and stuff. And, you know, this was always kind of a type of game that I liked and Rogue Squadron as well. And so I've been kind of like wishing to go back to that. You know, I enjoyed the the space combat in Star Wars Battlefront 2, like the one that came out a couple years ago. That one was pretty fun. And so I'm looking at this and seeing like, oh, this is going to be like a, a much more in-depth version of that. So it, from what they said, uh, it did seem like you could kind of play it like a more arcadey type of shooter or flight sim. So you could probably play it a little bit more like Ace Combat or like the, the flight stuff in Star Wars Battlefront 2. But it, they were also talking about how you could, you know, mess with your power settings and you could like cut your engines and do a 180 and fire missiles and that sort of thing, you know, stuff that's a lot more complicated. And so it seems like it's going to have, you know, a depth of, of sort of flight sim stuff that is going to be pretty cool. I think they, it, it does have a single player campaign. You play like Vanguard squadron for the rebels and Titan squadron for the Imperials and kind of switch back and forth every mission between the two. And, I'm hoping that they do it better than Star Wars Battlefront 2's campaign did because they kind of touted their campaign as like, oh, you're playing as an elite member of, I forget the squad's name in, like you were part of the Empire. And then like three missions in, you were like, maybe the Empire's bad. Maybe we should join the Rebels. And like, you know, so it was kind of just like... On that note, I kind of got the vibe that the campaign is just a set of missions to teach you how to play the game. Well, so like the campaign, it seemed like there was like a, from the way they talked about it, it doesn't sound like you can jump in and just play multiplayer. It sounds like you kind of start in the campaign. They, they said that you then, will have to spend a certain amount of time in each of the eight mm-hmm. ships before you're allowed to queue up for multiplayer. Yeah. And to me, I mean, like that seems fine. Like, cause you're going to want, like if, if you're playing with four other people as your teammates, like you're going to want to know that they're not just going to fly their ship into the side of a, another ship and blow up, you know, they can <laughs> get out of the hangar. Right. Um, so, I, I mean, that seemed cool. And they talked about like, you're going to have your standard, like five V five dog fight, but then also like a fleet battle, which is kind of like a, a bigger thing like you start with a dog fight and then you have to either attack or defend like some ships. And then you have to attack or defend like the big ship and try to take down all its systems. And that seemed pretty cool. So, which, you know, all of that I was watching and it made me like, I reinstalled X-Wing Alliance on my computer and I'm going to see if I can't figure out how to get that working with like a controller or something. (laughs) So, but yeah, I'm, I'm hyped for this game. Will it be good or not? I don't know. As long as the flight stuff is cool and you can do a dogfight, I don't think it'll be like I want the campaign to be really good. 
but as long as the flight stuff is good that's the main part that i want you know yeah this is this is gonna live and die on its gameplay exactly like, like the, a, the second to second when you're in your ship mm-hmm. they, they have to walk a line between um you know uh, arcadey versus like more flight sim stuff mm-hmm. they've got to walk a line because I, I i personally think if they go to arcadey it's going to end up harming things mm-hmm. like you you look at like your your kind of your ace combats like the arcade flight games and like those are fine as like a little power trip but the gameplay ends up being very shallow most of the time you're more or less on like a preset course and like mm-hmm. You just there's not much to it. Whereas, you know, even like like the battlefield games aren't flight sim at all, really. But like, it doesn't do a ton for you. Like, you have to be, you know, the one flying and in control of everything. And there's enough anti missile countermeasures that you like have to resort to your gun, mm-hmm. which means that like you need to adjust your speed, match you know the guy you're following as he turns and all that so they've got to walk that line they they said they touched it with their multiplayer you know they're like oh you're gonna have to practice with you know all eight but don't worry we're gonna like make it accessible and all that and Mm -hmm. that's another like line they're gonna have to walk yeah and if they don't walk it properly then in like both sides of the fence are gonna end up hating it yeah well because like kind of what i took that to mean too was like there's probably kind of like I, I don't want to use Mario Kart because I don't think it's a great example, but like how in the newer one you can kind of turn on some like steering assist or some like boost assist or you know acceleration assist or or something like that. Right. I can see them doing some things like that, and maybe because I know like in the Ace Combat games, there's like two set i haven't really messed with the second setting there's like an arcadey setting and then there's one where it's not gonna like you're in the arcadey setting it's not you're not as in control of like your pitch you're more so in control of like the direction you want to go but like it kind of does like the you know smooth kind of curve flying whereas in the the more complicated control scheme i didn't really use like you could really kind of control the rotation and pitch and everything and, you know, kind of get more in depth with some of the settings for, you know, power and stuff. And so I kind of see that maybe as what squadrons does where it's like you can, cause they kind of even talked about it. Like you can kind of cut your engines, you can divert power to the, your rear shields. If you're getting followed, that kind of stuff. Whereas yeah. If they can, you know, follow probably, deliver on all of that mm-hmm. and, yeah, like it, it needs to feel like mm-hmm. you're in control and like if you're in a dogfight and you win, you feel like you won because of like it's what you did mm-hmm. and it's not because like, oh, the game was kind of nudging you the entire time to like yeah. help you line up. Yeah, because I, I can see it being like a you can probably engage in a dogfight and do just fine if you don't worry about like your engine power or your shields and which direction they are and whatever. It's like, you can probably do fine with that, but then like the ACE pilot is going to be somebody who can, you know, is constantly like paying attention to how much power they're giving their engines versus their weapons versus their shields and that kind of thing. And maybe able to perform some like quicker maneuvers and stuff based on those types of settings. So, 
So this is a day one buy for Dylan. Joe, Yeah. What what's your hype level for this game? I mean, I would like to be excited, but it is an EA game. <laughs> and so for that alone, it's, I'm a little cautious. Yeah. I kind of want to see see some more maybe maybe get some reviews before i pull the trigger like if if reviews are positive and there's no and like the multiplayer progression it's like all in game you know there's no battle as a they say no microtransactions which might mm-hmm. just be code for a battle pass and so like you've got to see what that ends up looking like yeah uh but i mean if yeah if things look positive and it doesn't look like EA being EA, then mm-hmm. yeah, I'll definitely get it. Yeah. I would be more in your camp, Joe, if it wasn't a Star Wars game. I think they messed up so bad with Battlefront 2 that like I think they're on thin ice with Disney and Star Wars properties. And they're a little and gun so, shy. Yeah. So like I think the fact that it's labeled as Star Wars Squadrons and it's a Star Wars game and like I think at the very least, it'll be decent. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's it's right up my alley. Like I, mm-hmm. the space battles are my favorite part of the Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. And when I get on Battlefield with my brother and our friends, we spend most of our time in the air. Mm-hmm. If we can help it, the newer Battlefields aren't so good for that. But like Battlefield Three, Battlefield Four, we just sit on the spawn screen and wait for a jet. Yeah, um, and so. Yeah, like if, especially if some of them get it, then it, there's a lot of potential. But just mm-hmm. because it's EA, I'm yeah. a little like, okay, let's let's wait and see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is before. Yeah, it is crossplay. So if Joe gets it on PC and I have it on Xbox, and someone else gets it on PlayStation, we could all theoretically play together. Yeah, um, and that that's and cool. I I want to they didn't say during the presentation but I want to say I've seen that it's supposed to be like a $40 game. Um, they, yeah, they did say that. I kind of got a that vibe. $40 deal just yeah. from the gameplay and stuff. I was like and yeah, feel like a fully priced game but then it's EA, so yeah, and so that makes me a little bit more willing to, you know, even if it's right. like if it was a $60 game, I probably would be more in Joe's camp of like, I'm going to wait. But if it's a $40 game, I'm like, eh, you know, now that I've got another couple months before Cyberpunk, you know. Why Why would you bring that up? Why do you just want to make me cry? <laughs> I guess that is some news from this week. Yes. Cyberpunk yeah, do we wanna has been delayed all along because we have now spent as much time talking about the EA event as the EA yeah. event was yeah, long. The last couple of things just really like there was an EA sports montage that I didn't even watch. I kind of like zoned out and was like typing something. Else I, I went to the bathroom. Was, yeah, like didn't care. If you like EA sports, great. Not my thing. They showed off some like future tech basically saying like bioware is working on a new dragon age game criterion is working on a new racing game dice is working on a new battlefield game motive is working on some sort of like action adventure game but like basically none of these are far enough along for us to bother showing you any sort of trailer right like we're just gonna show you like a quick little glimpse which to me means none of those games are coming even in 2021 so oh no yeah these are gonna be like mid life cycle of the next gen probably uh, I'm thinking like 2022 at the earliest. So maybe next June we'll see something from them. But then but, we saw nothing. Yeah. From Skates again. 3. 
Skate 4. Skate 4. Yeah, yeah, Skate 3 came out already. Skate 4, which I guess they were leaning on the fact of like the creators or something to be like, oh, get hyped. Yeah, well, and like peop- that's Skate is one that people have been like kind of crying for. Requesting. Yeah. It's been 10 years since Skate 3. I am not a huge fan of like skateboarding games. I struggled so hard with the skate controls. Like Mm -hmm. I played Tony Hawk as a kid. We've mentioned that before because the remasters, like uh, the skate renaissance is coming. Apparently, Uh, you know, skate there's Mm -hmm. a, there's like a skate game coming out. That's like inspired by the skate games. Then there's the Tony Hawk remasters, uh, skate bird, like, and now new skate has been announced. But yeah, for yeah. me, like I liked the button combos versus the, you know, f- flip your sticks in different directions to do tricks. Like mm-hmm. I, I played skate three a little bit, um, on Xbox and like, I got kind of used to it, but never got good at it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've just never, I mean, skating games were always for me more of like something I played at my friend's house for like fun. It was right. never something I like sat down and got super into so it's cool that people are who wanted it are finally getting it. But I was kind of like the end, the end, like squadrons was the only thing basically that did anything for me besides being interested in like that Tim Burton looking game. Um, so cool. Well, let's go ahead and open it wide. Let's spend the next 10 or so minutes talking about if you have anything you want to shout out in particular from these past like week or so of events that you, you are into, we can do that. And then maybe let's just kind of give our feel on these events as a whole, these events versus E3, like how we're feeling about it so far and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. For me, nothing has really stood out and grabbed my attention more than that uh, mortal shell and that um, guitar hero in hell game. Mm-hmm. Those are still probably at the top of my list. Um, I did watch the kind of in-depth thing on Amazon's new game. Oh, yeah, New World. New World, and that looked pretty cool. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd still have to actually get my hands on it or get some reviews before I dove in. I also think that um, Godfall... It's an MMO, too. Yeah, it's an MMO, so like the multiplayer part. But like, I want to feel how it plays. Like, it looked cool. Mm -hmm. I just don't know if it's like... Like if that they ju- they only showed like one mode essentially yeah like PvP which looked kind of fun but um but other than that yeah Godfall looked pretty cool mm-hmm. um which I was kind of cold on at first but after seeing kind of how it plays it mm-hmm. looked it looked a little bit more up my alley yeah and then there have been like a good handful of indies probably where I'm like oh I'm I'm gonna check that out you know but nothing has really like blown me away yet. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you guys? Uh, so I want to throw out there something that who knows if it'll be good or bad, but it's called Metal Hellsinger. Yeah. Um, and it's very much inspired by the recent Doom games mm-hmm. with the, the twist that it's a rhythm game. So like there's, um, oh, oh, it's like, like, okay. Have you guys played Crypt of the Necrodancer? Yeah, I haven't, but I I know what you're talking about. Okay, so yeah, it's like that. It's mm-hmm. on a beat, but it's a first person shooter, um, and it's not just like Garage Band metal. Like they mm-hmm. have legitimate people behind it. Um, yeah, like Trivium and mm-hmm. yeah, like they're 
So who knows if that'll be good or bad or just way over the top. But yeah, that one just stood out to me as like is different. Yeah. That, um, that, especially when they rolled at the end there. That's like, oh, yeah, we've got, you know, the lead singer from Trivium. Yeah. Is going to do vocal tracks for this game. Yeah. That's in my one of my most anticipated. I just can't ever remember what it's named or what it's called. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's one that I think is really cool looking too. Yeah, another cool looking one is Mortal Shell. <laughs> um, it is a definitely like a Dark Souls ripoff. Um, so far, we're two for two, Joe. Yeah, yeah. And what I really <laughs> liked about it that they showed off was they had a a mechanic where you would it was hard to tell what was going on, like just watching the game. What it looked like was. When you're about to get hit, you can block in a particular way that you gain health off that block. Mm-hmm. And the the guy he was fighting could do it too. And so like that, I think that could be like a neat twist on the formula. Uh, so that stood out. Yeah. And then I do need to throw in the token Joe game of our episode. So at the PC gaming show, they showed off Evil Genius 2 World Domination, <laughs> which is, it's one of those like Dungeon Keeper or what's the new hospital themed one? Yeah, yeah. Like that, like kind of that, like you have some kind of facility and then you've got to like build, you know, put minions in it and like upgrade it. And mm-hmm. this one is themed about being, you know, like an evil genius on an island. So you're building your layer. It had a lot of personality. Yeah. It reminded me of Tropico in that like Tropico is it's a city builder, but you know, it's all about being like a dictator in Central mm-hmm. America. And so that like they lean into all of that. And the game has a ton of personality to it. And that's what made that fun. And so that's that stood out to me mm-hmm. just for the sake of that. I want to go back real quick and also mention Demon Turf. Yeah, I thought that game looked really cool. That was, I, I briefly mentioned it in our last episode, so it was in one of the like earlier IGN ones, but the art style and the 3D platforming and everything, that one looked really cool to me too. Mm, yeah. I know for me, there were a bunch of like little games like throughout that I thought were kind of interesting. We saw more for Baldur's Gate 3, which is always cool. Warhammer 40k Mechanicus is coming to consoles, which seems cool. It's kind of like a warhammer 40k but crossed with xcom sort of game that's on it's on pc already but i am not going to play it there godfall i don't know if it had been announced or not before but like i always kind of got the impression that it was a ps5 exclusive but it and it is a, a timed exclusive but it is coming to all consoles like it, it, they, it was when they showed the trailer at the PS5 mm-hmm. event, they confirmed the it, it will launch on PS5 and PC and then mm-hmm. come to Xbox sometime later. Yeah. And yeah. so and it looks like a, a there's potential. Yeah. Uh, like I, it will live and die on its progression system, I mm-hmm. think. Like it's gotta have a fun, satisfying progression. Otherwise, like after an hour or two, it'll just turn into a light show. Mm-hmm. But what they did show looked impressive. Yeah. So if they can make a fun progression system, I think that'd be worth playing. Yeah, because that that was one that I was like, I watched the trailer and was like, oh, that looks cool. But like, I'm never going to get to play it because it's a PlayStation 5 exclusive. And then like, I I guess either I had missed it or I found it or, you know, I saw it at the PC gaming show. And I was like, oh, it's coming to other places and it's coming to Xbox eventually. So like, yeah, I'm interested in that. 
So most of what they showed at the PS5 deal mm-hmm. was ended up like not being exclusive to the PS5, yeah. other than like the you know Sony in-house stuff. Yeah, like, like everything really else was multi-platform. Yeah, which I thought it was interesting. Yeah, I've got two more honorable mentions. The first one is Boyfriend Dungeon. <laughs> it's a dungeon crawler where your weapons like turn into people and you can date them. So it's like a dating sim and a roguelike. Okay, Aubrey, which Joe Aubrey, <laughs> <laughs> and initially, like the concept, I-, I may still give it a shot if I can get it on the cheap. It's a yeah. really neat concept, but throughout the entire trailer, a lot of these things at the Gorilla Collective, like the devs would talk over mm-hmm. the trailer to like this is what it's about, and. The entire time, the announcer kept saying "dunge" instead of "dungeon," and like, it hurt my ears. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you want to buy it. And so, well, I, with I, it. I, it feels like a makes me want to not buy it. But now I feel petty for not wanting to buy the game because they said "dunge" instead of "dungeon." <laughs> so now I'm gonna guilt myself into buying this game, anyways. Yeah, uh, and then there. also at the very end of grow collective day one they had just die already yeah which the trailer was you know my favorite kind of trailer it was a trailer where they don't show any gameplay <laughs> don't really let you know what the game is about but the trailer was just so unique and stand out that yeah. like i'll keep my eye and for like more news on this game and what this is yeah because it was the one where they were like mocking death stranding right yeah yeah, yeah. it's like a, a the ending shot is like a naked old guy on a beach when there's like a little green cloud coming out of his butt and there's dead sharks everywhere. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's just like, okay, whatever this is, I would like to like see more of this, please. Mm-hmm. Oh, you guys have more details. That devil inside game looked super cool to me. Yeah. Super intriguing uh, at least. Is that, what one is that? Oh, for the PlayStation five. I think so. It was the one where you like um, you like exploring and fighting and doing all this mm-hmm. stuff, but then there's some sort of old guy also like sitting on a toilet yeah. and doing things. Yeah. Oh yeah. I couldn't remember yeah. where that was announced, but yeah, that one. Yeah, that one intrigued me. Yeah. Oh, and they also I I can't find like which event it was in, but one of the ones on Saturday they showed off um, Arcane's new game. Uh, death loop that was it yeah. it's called playstation as well yeah, yeah and yeah. like i i've played enough arcane games that like i knew i was going to get it anyways mm. um after you know they like had a little teaser but to get more about it like, i'm more excited for it now that looks yeah. unique and fun yeah that looks like a really fun game so what about pokemon snap yeah <laughs> <laughs> I didn't grow up playing it, so neither, I was yeah. not as excited. But yeah, I, I mean, I've cool. accepted that I really like the idea of Pokemon, mm-hmm. and I like always want to get into it. But then, like every single Pokemon game I've gotten, I will get like maybe ten hours into, and then get bored. Mm-hmm. Um, which maybe Snap will be different. You know that you know the gameplay is completely unlike any other Pokemon game. It probably won't. Yeah, um, I just can't see it being fun for more than a few hours and i'm not gonna pay 60 dollars because it's a nintendo game so it'll be 60 dollars 
I can't see myself paying $60 for three hours. So, Did you have any other shout outs, Dylan? A couple. Persona 4 Golden is on PC, which I also picked up because I've always wanted to get into the Persona series, but it's been locked behind PlayStation's doors. And Persona 4 is supposed to be one of the best ones those, behind 5. Those like doors four. aren't locked if you, you know, have like $300. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, carry on. So I picked that up and that was pretty cool because that was kind of an unexpected like, oh, I didn't realize they were mm-hmm. bringing these to PC. Yeah. The Forgotten City, and maybe you know more about this, Joe, but it's based on a Skyrim. Oh, mod, yeah. But it's like a time, time traveling murder mystery where I don't know what it was in Skyrim, but you now go back in time to like the Roman Empire mm-hmm. and are trying to like talk to people and solve the murder or whatever. That and like, if you screw things up, you can run back to like the time portal you came in on and like start the day over, but you keep like the knowledge of everything that you did. And so like you, every day is kind of like the same routine for them, but you can go in and try to like stop assassination plots and, you know, talk to certain people and get them to do different things and that sort of thing. So it looked kind of cool. There was a game called iron harvest, which is like a RTS set. In like, I don't know when it's set, but there's a game, (laughs) there's a board game called Scythe, which is like a sort of mixture of like steampunk and basically like nine, I would put it in, in like the 1920s to 1930s, but like with steampunk mechs. And so it's an RTS where you have that like Steve, it it basically looked like Scythe made into an RTS. And then there was a game called Almighty Kill Your Gods. Which seemed interesting. I heard that was, name, but I don't think I actually saw what the game was. So f- the best that I could tell, it's, I don't want to say it's Monster Hunter-esque, Maybe but I it did, did kind of look it. like you you were like this sort of creature that would, and you teamed up with like three or four other mm-hmm. people and would go attack either this giant like mechanical thing or giant like alien looking thing. Yep. Okay, I did um, see it, yeah. And kill it, and then you would use its parts to like rebuild your town or something like that. Yep. So just, I, I thought of you when I saw that. Yeah. Actually, I, I didn't realize that that was that game, mm-hmm. but I remember seeing like I think I kind of skimmed that gameplay and was like, mm-hmm. "This looks like Monster Hunter." I, Dylan's probably going to be down for this. Yeah, so I, I'm still trying to figure out exactly how it plays because it didn't look like it was like monster hunter has a bunch of different weapons and you have to learn different like combinations and stuff. This kind of just looked like a hack and slash, which I'm not opposed to, but what was the free to play monster hunter game? Dauntless. It looked like Um, somewhere in between the two, like between Dauntless mm -hmm. and monster hunter. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how it goes. I'm interested to see more on the game. It is coming to the Xbox. So it's more realistic that I eventually play it. Yeah, it looked like it had, had looked like it had a little more emphasis on like getting resources and loot, mm. and you know, whereas Monster Hunter is purely like kill monster, get mm. weapon, kill harder monster. This seemed like a little more broad in its scope. Yeah, so interested in it. There was I, I was also interested in the new world game that you were talking about, Tom. Amazon's MMO, mm-hmm. not necessarily because I'm like, oh, I want to play that because I don't know that my computer will run it. Right. Um, And I don't think it's coming to consoles as far as I know. Let me look, because I feel like it might be. Yeah, if it comes to consoles, I might be interested. Like, 
I'm more so interested because something that World of Warcraft does very well and Blizzard does very well is they take things from other companies and do them better. So I'm more so interested and excited to see like what Amazon does with it, whether it's successful or not. Like um, I, you I'm kind of just hit a big old doubt on that statement. Yeah, it's I'm I'm highly doubtful it's going to last more than a few years. PC only um, right now. They haven't okay. announced anything on consoles. Yeah, so like I, I doubt it's going to last beyond five years. No, I mean, I'm doubt is in like Blizzard's going to like take stuff from it because yeah. Well, I mean, like you look at like Wildstar came out and like Wildstar was such a big deal about the player housing, and Blizzard has yet to like yeah take any inspiration from there. Elder Scrolls Online has done a whole bunch of like cool things. Mm-hmm. Like Blizzard has cop been copying themselves in recent years. True, they've put a whole bunch of like Diablo mm-hmm. stuff into WoW, but they uh, they haven't. They've drifted from that. Like, oh, let's copy somebody else and do it better. Yeah. So, well, maybe I'm just hopeful that Blizzard gets back to that because that's the Blizzard I know and miss. <laughs> that they're dead and gone. Just accept it. There was that most indie of the indie games, the one where you're like a male person in Oregon. Oh, yeah. In the 80s. Yeah, Uh, I saw that. Like, I'm just trying to think of like, can we get like maybe a dog in there? And then we're at like peak indie. (laughs) I'm sure there is a dog in there. Yeah. Well, and there was that game. I forget what it was called. It Um, it did look very relaxing after coming off of a solid week straight of Dark Souls. Yeah. Like I might be hitting a point with Dark Souls where I need to like slow down because it's just that like a you know the mental fatigue and <laughs> that, that's why it's I, like man that okay that looks nice I can just drive a mail truck and just shut my brain off that that's why yeah. I've been playing Sunset Overdrive because it's like the complete opposite game from Souls games but I think that was all the. I mean, there's some more I could talk about, but yeah, that was all the big one. Like there's, there's a lot of good stuff in the events. If you feel like digging for it, right. Um, nothing, nothing like blew your socks off yet. Like, no. Did, yeah. Cause we're not getting like the huge announcements yet. You know, like the biggest announcement that I think we've really seen is some of the PS five stuff mm-hmm. and star Wars squadrons. Right. Like, and I'm sure we'll get some more big announcements as the summer goes on because we know we've got an Xbox event coming up. We know we've got an Ubisoft event coming up. We know that they're talking about Avengers and Cyberpunk Cyberpunk next week. So there's a lot of good, big stuff still coming. Um, but there's also a lot of cool, smaller stuff that had this been a regular E3, I don't know that I would have seen and paid attention to. Yeah. So real quick on that, like just kind of what do you guys think this compared to traditionally three like like it dislike it like it better the old way at i like this i like this because it spaces stuff out at least in terms of like the big conferences Mm -hmm. as a well maybe now in the work from home environment i could keep up a little better but like a regular e3 year like there's too much that comes out in a day for me to like keep up with. It just turns into like information overload mm-hmm. and I'll just, I hit a point where I'm like, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to wait for games to come out 
and yeah. like whichever of these end up being good will be talked about enough like i'm not gonna focus on these trailers i like that this gives you a chance to focus a little more on the trailers mm. but i also think that like in particular this week got a little oversaturated yeah when there, I th- there was a lot that came out and it just starts to mm-hmm. blur together at a certain point yeah and i don't know how much of this might have been pushed because i know there were some events that got pushed due to like global events that were going on so it could be that originally this week was a little bit more spaced out but how do you feel about it overall dylan overall i think i like this better it's definitely kind of like Joe was saying, you know, like there, there is a lot kind of going on all at once, but in like a traditional E3 week, I feel like I, I watch, you know, like the big three or four, com- you know, I watch Xbox, Sony, Ubisoft, EA and Nintendo. Nintendo. And then maybe I'll, you know, check out one of the uh, like squares or something like that. Or hit but, a highlight reel. Yeah. And you know, that, for the most part gets me, you know, like all the triple a games that are coming out, you know, like you see most of that stuff, but I do think you miss out on a lot of the cooler, smaller games that are not like shown as, as part of like Microsoft's conference or Sony's conference, or if they are shown, they're shown in like a sizzle reel of like, Hey, we have indie games too, or smaller games too. And you know, these are going to be here, but it's, you know, like you see maybe five seconds of something. And so I do kind of like this part better where it's, it's giving, uh, you know, I guess in a typical E3 week, I feel like the conversation is dominated by games and studios that really didn't need advertising help, you know, like Halo, as much as I love it, is does not need extra advertising help around E3 to get people hyped up for it. Like people who are hyped for it are going to be hyped for it. I doubt you're going to see a huge change in, in sales based on like E3, you know, like obviously there are more people that are going to go out and pre-order it, but like I'm not convinced Halo couldn't achieve that with, you know, Microsoft just throwing funding at them. But there are a lot of these smaller games that aren't going to get that kind of a chance. And so I think it's really cool that they are getting a piece of the conversation as well, because I definitely have paid attention to a lot more smaller games this year that I think we talked about it earlier. I don't know if we talked about it on mic or not, but like they would be on the E3 floor and you might see something that IGN or GameSpot or somebody posted of like, Hey, we played this game, but like, unless it was something that I was already interested in, I probably wasn't going to click that and watch it, you know? Right. And so I do kind of like this better because I am getting a chance to see more stuff. That's more, you know, the, the almighty kill your gods game or the forgotten city, you know, those, those are games that I wouldn't have probably seen, like they wouldn't have gotten a slot at one of these bigger shows. And so, the fact that I saw them and I'm, you know, kind of following them, keeping them on the radar, I think is, is cool with this new E3. That said, I hope they do kind of learn to streamline it a little bit better. Um, right. Maybe not have three or four events on a single day. You know, like if, if we're no longer confining it to one week in, you know, San Francisco or Los Angeles or wherever it is, I think we can just use like two or three weeks and spread it out a little bit better. But, you know, yeah, they'll uh, have to learn and adapt. Yeah. 
like this is their first time doing something like this. So, right. Cool. What about you? Uh, for me, yeah, I've, I've definitely tuned into stuff that I wouldn't have tuned in on a normal E3, uh, because it's what's available right now and we're Mm -hmm. hungry for news. Um, partially for this podcast, I want to be like tuned in so we can talk about these things, uh, partially because I'm hungry for news and this is what we're getting, but also because the, I think even though it is a little bit bloated in how much is all being crammed into one presentation or one day. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of the traditional E3 bloat is gone. Mm -hmm. There's a lot less of like Keanu Reeves on stage, even though that moment is cool. There's a lot of moments trying to be that moment that aren't. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like a lot of that has been cut back. And so you're left with trailers a few little quips from your favorite IGN personalities. And then if there are people talking, it's generally like a developer or the person working on the game. So it's like, okay, this is actually interesting because they're Mm -hmm. telling you about what you're looking at. Um, So in that sense, I've liked it a lot where, or like the, the Sony event, which they were probably planning on doing regardless of E3 was Mm -hmm. just like a extended Nintendo direct. Basically there was, really no narration or anything it was just trailer after trailer after trailer with some gameplay and and then a few little blurbs from from sony eos and developers and stuff like that so i do kind of like in that sense how it has streamlined certain aspects but i do agree with you dylan there are certain areas where they can i think they'll learn from this and you know, they're going to continue to iterate on it year after year. I don't think that E3 is going to be as relevant or as big a deal next year or any of the following years after this. I think a lot of people have learned a lot of companies and Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are taking this as an opportunity to steal that time in the spotlight that E3 had. Like IGN is, Mm -hmm. they obviously jumped on this. They're like, Hey, E3 is not doing it. We will. So now people are coming to IGN for this, these games. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah. Well, and most of the articles I linked to like round it up were IGN articles. Yes. You I, know? So <laughs> the next few years, it's going to be a lot more of this stuff and a lot less mm-hmm. E3. And I think that doesn't mean it's all going to be virtual. Maybe they will mm-hmm. all be sitting on a couch instead of, you know, Skype mm-hmm. calling each other. But going forward, I think we're going to see stuff like this. Um, in closing, I think I just want to say that we all need to take a moment to bow down to Joseph Summer for (laughs) acquiring The Last of Us Part 2 in our fantasy league. Uh, Let me see if the um, scores have officially tallied. We we need to bow down, pay homage, kiss his feet. He, He got that game in the draft. We all knew it would be good, but Mm -hmm. there was some discussion on would it be as good as the first one Would the first one you know affect this one scores would people like this this sequel didn't need to exist so i don't want to play i don't like it let me give it a lower score no everyone loves it it's the best game naughty dogs ever made apparently it's the best game of all time it's the ultimate work of art critics are praising it almost across the board at least from what i've heard i obviously don't listen to or read everything on the internet but most of the scored reviews like it. What? There are a lot of sites that don't score their reviews that are kind of have some issues with it. But but what matters for the fantasy yeah. league? 
for the fantasy league, the scores do. Yeah, so what, what are you sitting at, Joe? Like a hundred? Uh, it hasn't yet counted my points. Um, but what's last of us so hovering at right now? It's at ninety six, which should give me twenty. No, thirty. 31 or 32 points. What did Alex end up at? Alex was 92 and you got 25 points. Mm. So, yes, all bow down to Joe. He is the last of us. And Tom could have had it, but he picked Cyberpunk. And who knows? And we will see if that gamble pays off. 100 out of 100, you know. So, Cyber, yeah, we'll see. So, anyways, I just thought that would be a fun thing to close on. Joe did pick up Last of Us Part 2 in our Fantasy League. You can follow us. We put a link to that in every single show note if you want to go check out where we all stand. Um, I feel like the dude who runs that is working overtime right now <laughs> and probably for the next couple months. Uh, there might be a yep. little bit of delay on on scores posting and whatnot. But uh, with that, unless you guys have anything else quickly you want to say to close this one out, think we can we can call it another one of the books another news update thanks for checking us out mm-hmm. uh, we appreciate it if this happens to be your first episode go check out some of our other ones we just did an episode where we answered 50 video game questions for the second time while drinking and it was a lot of fun and my editing nightmare so <laughs> uh if you want to hear what joe sounds like when he cuts loose it's great we are also putting out youtube content and we are on all the social medias so go follow us search level playing field gaming scroll down till you find us we're there i promise and with that say goodbye everybody goodbye everybody see ya and i am not the resident pc expert (laughs) could be (laughs) 